by the light of Lafal's moons. Hi, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers. Uh, my name could be Declan Kitchener. And this is the show where uh, we both write a song in the space of a week and we bring them to the podcast to talk about how we wrote them and the lyrics and the chords and just what goes into writing a song, really. Uh, Declan, how are you? I am fine, thank you. Uh, I am alive, the coffee is here, and we've got to the end of the season. That's a bit weird. It is weird. It's, it's weird to have done seven weeks of writing to, between us, have written 14 songs and to be like, oh my God, what, where did that time go, you know? Yeah, it's like... It's like, is there a TARDIS or a DeLorean parked outside or something? Let me just check. Jig, jig, gigawatts. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> jig, 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 gigawatts indeed. Um, right. I suppose we better get round to playing the songs at some point, shouldn't we? Yeah, we take it in turns as to who goes first on the podcast to listen to their song first. And this week is your song we're going to have a listen to. That was a very fast way of saying that. Um, yes, uh, my song apparently is first this week. Uh, so this week it is called... I don't know why I'm... Uh, Maneuvering and sounding like I'm looking because it's not written down anywhere. I'm literally just trying to <laughs> <laughs> remember what You're it is. You're inwardly looking. That's what's happening. I'm just looking at my uh, inner songwriter, and he is my my goodness. He's a sight to behold. Um, <laughs> the song is called "Keep Me Dreaming." It goes like this. I'm missing something. Just along with you lovely keep me dreaming that's declan's weekly song this week love it i really like it it's a gentle song nice way to round out the series um thank you uh, very much yeah it's really good it feels hopeful to me lyrically and um yeah it's it's really cool it's uh it's one of those songs where like if you were to say oh how should i like produce it or something i'd be like just leave it like that just leave it like that that's a really cool song I'm glad that you said that. It came from a slightly weird place. Uh, basically, I left my writing till Sunday again. Hooray! Um, but uh, I hadn't slept the night before, so I was sort of struggling throughout the day to sort of stay away because I was beginning to like slip off in a couple of places. And I thought, right, I need to write a song 
but it's probably going to end up just being this really low-key energy. And as I started playing the acoustic guitar, trying to do these patterns using the open strings and chords and everything that were kind of similar to how I used to play guitar when I was first starting out a little bit. All right. How do you mean by that? Well, just like letting strings ring a bit more and just being a bit more lazy with the chords. And it kind of just reminded me of like um, playing guitar down in Cornwall. Like the kind of thing you'd just strum if you were just sat around with guitars and friends and stuff. Pretty much, yeah. And like uh, specifically, I remember I used to be in this band called Boundless Brothers and they rehearse on the south coast of Cornwall. And uh, it's just the beautiful scenery. So like if everyone like was just away having a few minutes or something like best thing to do would be if it was a sunny day just stare out at the ocean have your guitar and just start fiddling about with it a little bit oh, what a beautiful scenery you just painted <laughs> so it's kind of that kind of um mood that i was trying to get for which i suppose no one else can really judge because it's how i play guitar in the mid no spaces so i can just say i was 100 percent successful no <laughs> one can ever challenge me on that um <laughs> But it has got a, um, I don't use this word often, but it has got a vibe to it. Um, and I think it, yeah, it reflects that sort of scenario of, obviously I've never visited where you used to practice, but just that thing of like having a nice scene in front of you, playing guitar and kind of have, having like that, you know, diminished worries for a moment. Yeah, it's kind of like a song that demands to be played close to open water. Um, <laughs> I'll put if I ever do the sheet music, that's going to be the instruction at the top. <laughs> yes, uh, must only be played within one mile of a beach. <laughs> yeah, and it, your lawyers can take care of anybody who plays it inland. <laughs> but that's kind of the vibe I ended up wanting to go for, and that what I found was that I was wanting to use the open strings a lot, which kind of limits your options in terms of key. So this song has ended up being very diatonic, um, that is to say, in one key. It's ended up being mainly in the key of E. At least when you play it, the guitar's detuned to D for reasons that we'll get into. But um, it's using the low E quite a lot throughout that and using the A and then the B is just something uh, you can sort of hammer on quite easily. So yeah, it's, it's a guitar song in... E, there's not really too much to say about how it all fits together because it more or less fits together how it's supposed to. Right. And so, like, from what I could hear listening to it, it sounds like there's not many sort of, like, distinct, distinctly different sections. It sounds like you kind of got, like, a main sort of intro slash verse section and then, like, the chorus is different chords from the sounds of it, but, like, even that has a similar sort of, like, strumming style and sort of that sort of thing. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's sort of half intentional and half not. Like the intro sequence, uh, doom, ba -ba -ba -ba, boom, ba -ba -ba -ba, uh, they're based around the two places you can play E on an acoustic guitar. So the first one is centered around like the C shape, which would be seven on the A, six on the D, four on the G, five on the B, and four on the E. And then the higher bit it's spaced around the a shape which is seven on the e nine on the d g and b strings nice that's such a good riff though like i know it's um like just like those those shapes and that but like it's a distinct riff nonetheless you know it sounds like it's its own thing and very recognizable well the thing is that those two sections and those two chord shapes ended up influencing each section uh so deliberately i picked the first part of the phrase duh, 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 to lead into the, in inverted commas the verse right so that does that and then goes to a b and then you've got like just a power chord on the bottom with uh, your melody on top borrowing that each time and then that's going down a uh, e over g f sharp minor e for the descending bit once you've done that a couple of times, you go up to the chorus, which is just... I didn't realise I was doing this at the time, but it kind of makes sense with how the rest of it works. It actually starts on that A shape, playing E with that A shape, so that's a 7-9-9-9. Your top note uh, will be that G sharp, which is... 
uh, the top note of how you play that chord and just gently working down the E major scale from that point and back up at the end. That's really cool. So it's cool that you ended up on that A shape again. Even though it wasn't like an intentional, like, I'm going to use this again, I think just going back to the same shape twice in a song kind of ties it together and makes it feel like a co cohesive whole. It makes the riff feel more justified, uh, which is good because it's a very simple riff. <laughs> um, uh, the only other musical bit to that is uh, you've then got the bridge bit, which is um, F-sharp minor, G-sharp minor, A and B, which is just kind of like, okay, I need a break. What can I do? Up to B. There we go. <laughs> that would do. Nice. <laughs> um, it's also one of those songs that I tend to write more of these on piano, but occasionally it happens with guitar where like the melody line is suggested in what you're playing on the instrument a uh, good example is uh actually my first weekly song for the podcast uh called the plan please ah. don't go back and listen to that but um <laughs> the melody song. thank you uh the melody is actually contained within the notes that's played on the piano and it's then doubled by the voice which is kind of what happens here as well because I was writing this without singing to it. I was just trying to come up with some nice guitar patterns. Once I got those together, I started trying to sing it and immediately hit a problem. All right. uh, the top note of the song is G sharp, and my top note is F sharp. Ah, okay. Yeah, this is the issue with Hence having... Hence the tuning down, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. The only remaining trouble with that is then that... The chorus really wants to be sung quite soft. It's quite a sort of... In a way, it's kind of peaceful song. You don't really want to belt it out. Uh, the only trouble is I can only really belt out that F-sharp like on a good day. <laughs> um, right. You can hear in the demo that it's still a bit pitchy, but I can just about hit the note. If I was to take this any further, I would probably detune further, maybe down to uh, C, at which point you may as well just buy a baritone guitar and do it in B. Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's just trying to match the tone of the vocal instrument to the tone of <laughs> the stuff that you're playing on the instrument. I think you achieve the um, matching the vocal delivery, regardless of lyrics, to what you have on the guitar. But I was wondering, like, as you wrote the vocal or the lyrics, I should say, after after you wrote the guitar. But the guitar has such a distinct, um, I'll use the word again, vibe, and such a distinct feel to it. Did you have, like, an image in mind of, like, no actual words, but just, like, I think I want to write this song about X? Well, the, um, the mood that inspired the song then ended up inspiring what the words are about. Okay. So it is actually kind of about just being down by the Cornish coast. Ah, okay. Normally, I would have gone back to a Cornwall uh, by this point in the year and had my fill of the county and then gone back up to Bristol. Hmm. Uh, obviously, what with, you know, the ongoing situation, that's not been possible. So I've ended up... Homesick's probably too strong a word for it, but I'm missing the Cornish coast a little bit. Hmm. I'm missing the sea air. So that's kind of just what this ends up being about. Like, I need a moment just to be alone with you, you being, you know, <laughs> the open sea. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a stupid song. but uh, it's, it's good, it's good. I mean, and that's the vibe it delivers too. Yeah, it's kind of, um, as much as I, I do and I don't like Cornwall. Cornwall's a lovely place to visit. It's a terrible place to grow up. But there is something kind of inspiring about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which can very easily give you meaning if you allow it to. That's interesting. How do you mean? There is a different feel down there. And whether that inspires you to get out of Cornwall and like uh, build your life elsewhere and seek out new opportunities or whether that means you sort of stay there because you've become so in, you know entranced by just the way it is down there mm. it, you can't help but react to it we should say um we both well we met there we met in cornwall and both used to live in cornwall mm. we now live elsewhere but uh but yeah i say that to to just say i agree i think there is something about it that isn't just like the normal 
feeling you get from even visiting like a regular British town where you kind of uh, a lot of the same identifiers are the present in Cornwall I think there's there's a difference I think the Cornish people are, are different as well and have a different uh, lifestyle I guess you could say on the whole mm. well I mean it's got a different history from the rest of England because the uh, Romans never got down that far um, but uh this isn't that. This isn't the Celtic uh, myths and legends podcast. This is the uh, <laughs> this is a weekly song podcast. Suffice to say, we're both Cornish, uh, and we kind of you, you can't help but have a reaction to your hometown or your home county in this case. So that's kind of just what it's about. It's about needing that small dose of Cornwall before going back out into the world. Definitely, I. I... I think I get, I mean, when we were listening to it, you were saying, I wonder what, what you think of, of the lyrics and what they're about. I think that's around what I would have guessed, actually, is, is you know, missing home and also uh, having time away from a change of scene or time away from the people you would normally see or the surroundings you would normally at least visit, if not live around. Mm. That's the thing. Like, normally I'd be able to get my dose, uh, like, go down for a week, come back up, be reinvigorated and fuel that into the rest of my life. But uh, it's not the case at the moment because of, quite understandably, <laughs> because of the way the world is right now. Right. But, hey, sometimes you've got some feelings and you just want to put them into a song. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then talk about it on a songwriting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it came out really well and it... Um... And it does reflect that really well. I mean, both musically and lyrically. What about like if you were to produce it? Which direction do you think you'd go? And and will you? Do you think you'll like develop this for an album or something? Annoyingly, the album this would have been perfect for is just kind of pass. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little tiny bit too late. Yeah, literally a day or two too late. Um, <laughs> I would like to put this on something. It might have a home in a future project but i'm kind of torn on how to do it now because originally it was just meant to stay as acoustic as it is mm. uh, obviously i would need to tune it down even more so i could get the proper vocal tone and not struggle so much for the top bit in the chorus but you i sent this to you and you sent me back something saying like oh this sounds like it could be on rubber soul uh if rubber soul was released in 2021 uh, and it immediately got me thinking of not like the acoustic side of Rubber Soul, but more like um, you won't see me or I'm looking through you kind of things where like there's an acoustic at the center, but it's sort of surrounded by sympathetic electronic instruments. Ah. So uh, I'm, in the, I'm trying to think of like a way of doing this, possibly split it again, splitting out all the parts in the solo acoustic line, putting them to other instruments and getting like a I'm looking through you kind of vibe. That's... I'm not sure that would be better, but it would be interesting. I mean, even if you just like tried it, like you kept, because the acoustic version is really cool. You kept the acoustic version and then you made an electric version as well. And even it was just like, oh, this is just, you know, the uh, alternate version or something like that. If you didn't end up thinking that was a cool direction, even just trying that and seeing what that would sound like. I'd like to hear it if you do that. If I ever do uh, get round to it, I shall let you know. But yeah, I think that's about all I have to say for that one. It's a really good song. Really, really good song. Possibly... uh, I don't know, there's, yeah, we'll see. We'll round it up next week, so we'll choose our favourites next week, but definitely one of my favourites of your run uh, this time for sure. Um, Thank you very much. You are very kind. Yeah, really good work. I like it a lot. Um, I suppose we should listen to, to my song. Um, no, no, I think we can just end here, end on a high. <laughs> and, uh, my song this week is called The Hoi Polloi, and it goes like this. The Hoi Polloi? The Hoi Polloi. share of loving girls who care get close enough to say they reached me I went home and laughed and drew a nice cold bath drowning any lessons they could teach me 
But now I'm bone dry and I'm full of fear It's a short life and I want you dear To know that I'm untrue In everything I do The path I walk to you is paved with love And love is a test It irons the creases And as for the best Love, the phantom of joy The specter of good times The name on the lips of the In love but always known Those little lakes aren't safe for swimming I held my breath And went beyond my depth I've always been afraid of women But now I'm bone dry And I can't believe Such a short life has been bestowed on me Beware the love you waste So easily defaced The path I walk to you Is paved with love And love is a test It irons the creases And asks for the best Love, the specter of joy So that was Roger's song this week, uh, Ahoy Polloi. Um, so, how did you come to this one? It's got this really lovely feeling. I can't believe we've both done like acoustic songs at the end of the run. I we know. should have coordinated. <laughs> yeah, it's I like know. It's like we turned up in a, uh, at a party wearing matching shirts or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was weird. When I heard your song, I went, like, they're kind of, they're kind of like two sides of the same coin in a weird sort of way, which is impossibly strange because, obviously, we don't hear them until today, you know. Yeah, we'd do a much more interesting show if we could coordinate and, like, show you two aspects of the same songwriting technique, but we don't, but we've done it accidentally, so you should be proud of us. <laughs> yeah, um, the interesting parts of this show only ever happen by accident. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a title. Yeah, yeah, it could be a T-shirt. T-shirt, t-shirt. Yeah, it could be our motto. <laughs> Would you buy that on a t-shirt? <laughs> um, but yeah, you were saying, how did it start? Um, it started with this um, riff, which was the very first riff I came up with, um, which was uh, playing everything in E major. Like your song uh, this week, I started writing and actually finished writing in E major, um, but it was too high for my voice, so I ended up tuning down not to D, but to C. So to tune down my a whole goodness. two. Uh, what am I trying to say? Two tones, isn't it? Yeah, four semitones, two tones. That is, that is uh, intense. I'm surprised your guitar could handle it. Like uh, guitars don't like detuning down that much at all. I know when I've had to detune my E string on my electric down to C for like special effects notes, like at that point the string is beginning to wobble so much that you can't really do much with it. Yeah, exactly. And the whole tone of the guitar kind of goes a bit. Um my my kind of thinking with that was like when I demoed it, I was I demoed it obviously with a really floppy, you know, no tension guitar. And it, you know, it it did the chords fine, but I thought I should probably double this with like a higher guitar or like a capoed guitar just to kind of like balance the books a little bit. But uh, mm. I might do that at some other point. But anyway, um, but back when I was writing in E, um, I just kind of came up with this this lick one night or this, this riff thing based around the E major pentatonic, which is something I've been using a lot recently. And, nice. and the lick goes... 
And it's uh, E major pentatonic, so completely diatonic, meaning, you know, uh, all the notes that belong in the E major scale. Um, but it's kind of got this, like, uh, almost like Indian or Scottish um, drone beneath it. Going on the whole time. Um, which uh, and automatically sets up the whole song with, like, this general feel of, um, well, it's got a vibe to it, you know? Mm. Um, it's, it, it sort of suggests a texture for you to pursue. Yeah, definitely. Whereas if you write something that's a lot more sort of like... You know, like, it, that immediately with those, like, four little stabs has a different feel than something which has that base of the drone. So anyway, I had that thing with the drone and the lick, and then a couple of days went by, I tried to work on it and get something new, and I couldn't really get anything. But then I started playing around with other stuff in E major, and over the past couple of years, I've started doing these um, sort of, what do you call them, double stops or something? Um, you've seen me play them before, definitely. Um, but just like on the G string and the E string of the guitar, where like I'll do stuff like this. That sort of thing, you know? I think they're called double stops. Um, I think double stops, normally when people say double stops, they mean on like two adjacent strings, like the B and the E, kind of like um, like the start of Johnny Be Good, like the da 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 But like, I, it's, I think it just means any two notes played together. Songwriting podcast and we're devolving <laughs> to, I think. <laughs> Honestly, the amount of times when I've, you know, got something in a song that I go, oh, that'll be interesting to talk to, talk about to you. And I go, what's it called? What's the actual term for that? And, and then I go, oh, shit, I should probably know this. You and I are both the same on that regard. <laughs> Do not worry. But anyway, if they are called double stops, which um, I'm, I'm taking your word as gospel for that, um, I just started by like, okay, let me keep that drone going, that E there, and I'll just play some double stops walking down the scale, you know, so uh, playing little double stoppy chords for E, uh, D sharp diminished, C sharp minor, and so on, going down, so. But I don't go all the way down, and I kind of play it quite arpeggiated and keeping that drone, so it ended up sort of being this sort of thing, which ended up morphing afterwards, which was. That sort of thing. So you're just mm. going down the entire E major scale and then ending on a B, which is the five to get back up to the one. I thought that could be a verse because it's um, like you were saying with yours, actually. Again, another similarity we have with our songs this week is um, it has the vocal melody built into the guitar part. Um, so you got that drone going on. And I just started thinking of like, um, because uh, I was writing the lyrics at the same time as the music, I was thinking, like, what sort of phrases would fit over that? And I, for some reason, I was just writing for a while, couldn't come up with anything much good, and then I just had in my head, I've had my share. So, I've had my share. Um, and then from there, it was just kind of writing down almost like a poem of words which rhymed. And I didn't kind of know what the song was going to be about at that point. Um, but then you got the first verse... I've had my share of loving girls who've cared get close enough to say they've reached me. Um, and then the initial second stanza of that verse was, um, I smiled and laughed and drew a nice warm bath, drowning any lessons they could teach me. Mm. And that kind of morphed a little bit um, to went home and laughed. Um, wasn't mad about the lyrics, but what kind of drew me to pursuing them a bit more was... Um, the fact that I changed the drone in the verse from an E to an A, which is the four. So when you actually mm. get down to that A there, I was just going to walk down to an E, which would be, you know, pretty normal. I ended up doing this thing. Um, and this is a perfect example of me trying to find the terminology for something and failing. Um, I'm playing an A major double stop over an A, which is pretty normal you know and then I literally on the guitar and this is the only way I know to describe it move down that A major shape which is uh, a C sharp on the G string and an A on the high E string I just move that down one so you're kind of playing like a G sharp double stop but when you play it over the A it has this strange spooky feeling it's almost like a diminished 
but not quite. Uh, it's like a minor, but with like a major seventh in it. It sort of sounds like. That's the closest thing I could think it was called as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you haven't got an E or an E flat in there to say one way or the other, but that's, that's a, a good point. Lovely chord. I mean, I suppose if I did have the the sort of deciding note in there, it'd be much easier to name it. But but just having that sort of vagueness, that sort of well, it kind of like made me go, especially on the line it fell on, which was um, "Get close enough to say they've reached me." Get close enough to say they've reached me. It has like it a... introduces that instability that you need to resolve that either up or down like really quickly. It really does, yeah. I mean, and all the other thing I think it um, that I was surprised by because that that wasn't like me trying to be smart. That was just an accident where I, my finger slipped down to the wrong um, thing because it should have been um, sort of a G sharp minor sort of thing. Um, but it wasn't, and and what it did is introduce that instability, but it also introduced um, uh, what do you call it? Sort of this sadness to it, um, particularly on that line where it's like get close enough to say they've reached me. The chords say like it didn't work. You know what I mean? Like the lyrics it could be taken at face value, but the chords imply something else a little bit deeper. I, I think. Mm. Um, and then. Yeah, so then I had the the intro and the verse, and um, I think it was, I get confused with my week sometimes, I think I said to you, I've got a verse, I'm not sure what to do for the chorus, and you joked, you said, just riff on the five, or was yeah, it Yeah, just hammer on five for four bars and just call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and so so you said that to me, I was like, okay, the next chord's going to be the five then, which is the which is the B major, and um, and I just kind of went to that. And I just sort of started playing with that and playing with that. And for some reason, the lyric that came into my head was, um, um, but now I'm bone dry and I'm full of fear. And I was like, okay, then I'm not sure that makes sense. But then I read it in context, well, played it back to record it into my phone to hear how it sounded with the verse. And then that I'm bone dry, but now I'm bone dry and full of fear follows directly after, you know, drawing a nice warm bath and then drowning any lessons they could have taught me. And then I was like, oh, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong, it doesn't make like like crystal clear sense or anything, but just that water metaphor, having accidentally continued that, gave me a little bit of faith in the chorus and then going to that five was kind of taken from your idea there. This is my master plan all along. All choruses shall now begin on five. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> the whole nation of people who write choruses that start on the four and weeping. <laughs> War-torn nation well, you've created. <laughs> well, I mean, I can talk my uh, song this week. Actually, the chorus is all on the E, basically. It's just the suspension within it moving down. <laughs> I think that's a really cool thing to do, though, having the chorus start on the one. Um, or even just It's be... a dangerous move, but if you can make it work. <laughs> that is something you did actually really well this week, I thought, was actually have it on the one. Because usually, like, if you're playing in E... Like, to have the chorus be, I mean, just for a simple word, different from the verses or, um, you know, a bit more urgent or what have you, it's kind of a cool idea to you know, go, go up to that four, or go up to the five even, or, or a minor chord, just to have that difference. But like you say, when you can pull off doing the chorus on the one... Well, I suppose to contrast the way we've approached these songs this week, the point of the chorus in my song is it's a point of maximum peace or the maximum sort of tranquility, as it were, which is an odd state for a chorus to be in. But that's the sort of keystone of the song. Whereas with yours, like, uh, you know, you set up all this stuff in the verse about, like, you know, uh, washing off the lessons they could have taught me, this all didn't work, and now you're rising up to a point of tension as opposed to a point of you know, uh, relaxation. Yeah, definitely. And I think the bit that sort of hooked me when I started playing it was like, when you go up to that, like, higher level for the chorus or more intense or what have you, it's like, there is that question in your mind as as, as I'm writing the lyrics of like, what's it going to be about? What's, the, what's this going to say which the verse hasn't already addressed? Like, the verse is addressing like, um, you know, loves that... 
were half loved or opportunities missed and all the rest of it. So what does the chorus say? And then the chorus just started off as like, um, but now I'm bone dry and I'm full of fear and it's a short life and I want you dear. And then it could have just ended there lyrically, but I just, I, for some reason I just started playing and going up the, up the scale with the chords. So, um, so, but now I'm bone dry and I'm full of fear. It's a short life and I want you dear. And then here I just accidentally pivoted and I went up uh, B, C sharp, D sharp diminished, E major, F sharp minor. And I did that all in quick succession and added a lyric which um, changed the meaning of the previous line. And doing those things together like is something I really love in... in in other people's songs when they, you know what I mean? Like when somebody like has a lyric, because basically it could have just been like, it's a short life and I want you dear. That could have been enough. But then to go, it's a short life and I want you dear to know that I'm untrue in everything I do changes that entirely. And then to have it with those mm. chords. Um... Um, yeah, I don't know, something about that, extending that line, um... Because usually when I get a chorus, I'm like, and I get a good bit, I'm like, okay, right, let's just grasp onto it, hold it, and like, then get back to the verse ASAP. Whereas with this one, it was like, let me linger around and explore the different chords and stuff in the chorus. And then, because I do think of the short life part as the chorus, and then you go on to the, um, the love part, which you mentioned when we were listening to it, um, which is much more poppy. Uh, so, yeah. I've kind of been on the chorus point for ages, but hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. <laughs> it's interesting here hearing you put this together uh, and sort of seeing you sort of rising up the key scales uh, to generate tension as opposed to like modifying chords to generate tension, which is really interesting. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, there are non diatonic chords in here for sure, but. Um, on the most part, it's just very diatonic and trying to, trying to like allow the lyrics to deliver the emotion rather than using minor fours and stuff, you know, as as crutches, which I tend to do sometimes. Instead, trying to, I think what I tried to do with this one, particularly when I got to the chorus and I realized that I, oh, like I'm being quite honest, which wasn't an intentional thing to start out with. It's I guess the mood I was in at the time when I was writing. I was like, let me try and have the honesty of the lyrics steer the song rather than just the chords and trying to be clever with my chords. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of anything like of note chordally um, in the, in the chorus. There's not really a great deal, but the chorus does end with this thing, which I've used on a few occasions in, the, in this run, um, which I have mixed feelings about. You know when you kind of use the same trick, even if you came, well, not came up with the trick, but even if you haven't heard it elsewhere and you think of a trick quarterly, to use it in f a few different songs, it always feels to me a bit like recycling, but... I know exactly what you mean. Like, uh, it, it's that moment where you have, you sort of work out something, you think, oh my God, I can, do, I can use this all the time. It's such a new sound. It changes my palette and then you begin using it and it just replaces your old palette <laughs> yes. and you don't like use any of the old colors along to sort of uh create more interesting pictures it's just kind of like oh wait a minute <laughs> yeah i've fallen into the trap again yeah no totally and then and then you're worried of like oh my friend's gonna hear this and just think i'm you know milking it or something or, or like confusing the songs you could go oh i like that song where you do that thing and you go um which one do you mean because i do that i do that so often <laughs> and my one this time is when i'm writing an e major um i'll do this thing where i like play a um f sharp major seven but just on the d g b and e strings um which sounds like this and then i just move my fingers down one fret to like an f thing and then resolving it quite naturally to an E. And uh, I've done that in so many songs recently. Um, but it's just, it's a, I, I feel that I'll probably stop using it after this season, but I thought, oh, fuck it, it's the end of the season, why not? But it's a cool way to, because like, there's a load of different ways to get back to, to the verse. If your verse is an E, and you're finishing up your chorus, and you want to do something a little bit unusual, there's loads of stuff you can do. You can go... Um, two, two, five, one, um, you know, F sharp minor B E. 
that sort of thing. Um, mm. You can make that into a seven F sharp uh, seven B E. But the one, like I say, the one I've been using is just. It's almost got like a sort of like a like a Spanish feel or something. It's kind of interesting. You said that's um, F sharp major seven and F major seven. It's F sharp seven. Um, and then, and then, like a, like you'll know what I mean if I say it's a, it's an F chord, like a regular old F chord. So third fret D, second fret G, first fret B. But rather than playing first fret E, you're playing. Oh, yeah, so I guess it is an F major seven. Yeah. Because you've got that kind of movement in there, which kind of mirrors a um, minor four movement. Uh, where the key movement in that is the F sharp to the if you're an E uh, four being the A, uh, the major in the four is the C sharp, C sharp to C, and resolving to an E. You've kind of got that in there as well. Oh yeah, well, that's a good point. So I suppose well, maybe I will continue using it then because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I do love the um, minor four two uh, root thing. Uh, yeah, so I mean, just another version of that is is a good thing, but but it was kind of an accident that I found it that way. Um, but it's one of those things where, like, when you play piano, everything's in front of you, and you have to kind of like think about stuff a lot more. Whereas with guitar, there is that opportunity to discover interesting chords or suspensions by simply moving your fingers a little bit. You know what I mean? You can have so many more interesting accidents on a guitar. Yes. Like yeah. Whereas with piano, it, it it's kind of more difficult to find interesting accidents. It's not impossible, but it's a lot more difficult because you've only got one of every single note. Yeah, definitely. And um, even when you're playing on the black notes of a piano, um, but particularly when you're playing only on the whites, if you're playing in C major or, you know, G, just has A flat. Um, not A flat, but a flat. <laughs> um it has an flat. It has, <laughs> yeah. Um, like even then, there's a, there's certain ways to play triad. You can do inversions, but a chord is a chord is a chord. Whereas on guitar, like there's loads of different shapes that equal a major chord, for example. Mm. It's it's kind of why guitar is one of the most fun songwriting instruments. The piano is probably the best songwriting instrument, but the guitar is just so much more fun. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you can bend notes on a guitar. You can't do that on a piano. I mean, technically you could if you had someone reaching in the back and pressing down on the string. They'd have to be pretty bloody strong, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've got, like, the Hulk as, like, a studio engineer, then you can bend on piano. <laughs> can I just say, with all these water metaphors, like, if you follow the Wreck-It Ralph 2 philosophy of songwriting... And I do. Uh... And you do. Uh, this is kind of your Disney princess I want song. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a line in the film where they're sort of talking about um, all their motivational songs and, like, you need to have this kind of water, but it has to be, like, special water. <laughs> like, <laughs> they talk about, like, reflection through Mulan and um, uh, part of your world from under the sea and things like that, or uh, let it go, which is technically snow and ice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like that. I like that. I need to, wa- so I need to watch this, that film. You, uh, so essentially, you are a Disney princess confirmed. Oh my God, this is the happiest day of my life. I always <laughs> dreamed about this when I was a little girl. Suddenly start doing like the Snow White thing of singing to the animals. <laughs> <laughs> start? I've been doing it for years, baby. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Bird Sanctuary from beginning yeah, right. of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's not anything we'd say musically about it. I think I've covered the lyrics. You know, when you write down the last word, you've already got the chords. You write down the last word, and you go, ah, finished. You know? Ah, bisto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that moment where you realise, like, uh, okay, I might need to tweak this, but, like, this is basically sorted. I can message Declan and say, I have a song. Yeah, that's a, that's a point. Message-worthy sort of... Uh, thing yeah oftentimes i even message you before i even like recorded the iphone demo just it's in my head you know and i go right gonna let declan know and then i uh, then i'll be shocked to get a 
<laughs> a message like a minute later. Wait, while I was messing you, I forgot what the song went. Now I've got to write a new one. Ah! <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> yeah, BRB, uh, creativity break. I don't know how people did it without um, phones before. I suppose people had like a cassette recorder on the coffee table in the living room or something. Um, yeah, people just used tape recorders or they just remembered them. But I think it was, was it John or Paul who said like a me- melody you can't remember isn't worth remembering? I really like that. I never heard that before. I really like that. Or like if it's worth remembering, you'll remember it. I heard Paul say that um, somebody said like, oh, how do you remember your songs or something? He said, once I have the lyrics down, I don't need to write the chords or anything. My mind will remember what, where, how the melody goes and the chords go. And I have the same thing. I can definitely remember like, I can just look at an old set of lyrics and remember how the song goes. Um, which saves me writing all the chords and stuff. You lucky git. Um, I mean, and also I have an iPhone, so and he didn't have one of those. I don't think, anyway, back in the 60s. Turns out uh, Paul McCartney has actually uh, travelled back from the future. Uh, originally, the Beatles was a three-person group, uh, but he's now just implanted himself into our history uh, just to try and sort of get on the bandwagon and try and change history to where the Beatles would have ultimately have conquered the timeline and become our lords and masters. Uh, please stop me at any point you like. It makes me glad that he died in 1966. <laughs> so we've actually had an email in this week from Ben Older, who has written into the podcast before. Uh, nice to hear from you again. Uh, he writes, Hey, Roger and Declan, hope you guys are well. I've really been enjoying the music you guys have been making this season. 11 seasons in and you guys are still turning out new music every week, which is really inspiring. The songs that Declan has been sharing that tell the story of multiple personalities in one mind fighting for control has been really fascinating. Kind of hoping that's the new mystery project you've been working on. Not quite, but um, I will be working on that. But there is another mystery project, which you shall hear more about very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh my favourite song uh, of Declan's this season is Sequence. The rhythm of the guitar is just so catchy. Thank you very much. Uh, I laughed so hard at the start of the season when we heard Roger's Meanwhile in the Bird Sanctuary in episode one, but Help Me Juliet might be my favourite Roger track so far this run. Thank you. It feels uh, really reminiscent of Elton John and feels like I have a really big production around the piano. Hopefully that's one song we hear fully produced in the not-too-distant future. Oh, cheers, Ben. Thank you. Um, yeah, Help Me Juliet is actually going to be... Uh... Like the next song I put out properly, been working on it. Um, you play bass on it and guitar, don't you, Declan? And do uh, and it is it. a piano centered uh, arrangement as well. So cheers for saying that, Ben. Awesome. Uh, he uh, continues. Alien Landscape is a song I wrote in a week. It started out as a challenge where a friend challenged me to write a song that has a, pro- a chord progression two, four, seven, three at least once in the song. I thought that would be tricky at first because I'm still new to writing with diminished chords. But when I assume that the seven chord is at the end of a progression and the three is the beginning of the progression and not the end of it, it actually came together quite well. For the lyrics of this one, I fell back on a couple of characters I've been using a lot in my own songwriting. Originally, I created them to help me process Brexit, placing these two lovers on a dystopian sci-fi future, one leaving from Mars to escape the world's problems while the other stays on Earth to work at solving them. I've been surprised how these characters have been taking on a life of their own and seem to have more story to tell than simply the one I had in mind when I started. In earlier songs, there is a bitter and sad falling out and irrevocable parting of ways. One song documented the launch of the rocket and the leaving character's momentary regret as she left Earth's gravity before cutting off communication permanently. In this song, I wanted to explore that idea a little more as she begins to realise how difficult uh, life on another planet really is, while also discovering that this may not be the solution she had initially hoped it would be. Although earlier songs in this story have a real spacey sci-fi alt-rock vibe, I went for a more stripped-back, lonelier feel for this one. Hope you guys enjoy. If people are interested, I'm on Instagram, at Bernardo Music, and my music can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, and all the usual places. Tara, 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 or Tara, or however we spell it. Ben, <laughs> thank you very much for writing, yeah, Ben. Yeah, man. I remember that song. He sent that song in before, the... Um, going off to space when this is in the before times where we could see each other face to face oh god yeah that might have even been our first correspondence with ben um yeah that's that's awesome i'm looking forward to having a listen to this and um yeah no thank you for emailing in ben it's always really cool to hear from you and uh yeah ben's been putting out loads of different music recently like singles on a really regular basis and it's all sounding really good so you know definitely give him a follow if um 
if you like what you hear on, on the podcast as well. It's also cool to hear him talking about using characters and stuff because that's something I'm trying to, like he alluded to, I've got like a project where there are characters going through certain situations through several songs. And it is interesting, once you start uh, building these songs around these characters, suddenly other ideas start cropping in. We're like, what about the song where they need to experience this? Or what about the song that introduces this person? It's just kind of like, oh, wow, there is a concept album forming here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a rock opera in the wings. I love any songs with characters. I feel like people writing songs with characters in them is like this sort of... You've reached a certain tier of songwriting when you get you start doing that. I think that's a very cool thing to do. <laughs> it's difficult to do, but if you can do it well... I should try doing that, actually. I haven't really done that before. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing this. Um, we have got Alien Landscape to listen to. Should we, uh, should we take a listen? Uh, yeah, sure thing. Cool. He- hearing it now. Not as easy as simply setting out Riding into the sunset, the golden days Are gone Hard to avoid the truth, staring back at you from an alien landscape, you're told your souls ringing in my ears. You never wanted to be proven right. I never cared so long as I won the fight. Things look a lot more like your worst fears. That's what I'd admit. Standing here Look before you leap into history Else be doomed to repeat it Your final words If we reach the stars, everything would be different I never once thought that I was wrong You never wanted to be proven right I never cared so long as I won the fight Things look a lot more like your worst fears That's what I'd admit If you were standing You never wanted to be proven right I never cared so long as I won the fight Things look a lot more like your worst fears, that's what I'd have said If I was standing there Looking back at night, meet these barren skies Still unsure of what I might have been or what never was cool that was alien landscape by ben alder um ben alder can be found on spotify apple music and at ben alder music on instagram definitely give him a follow uh i loved that that was great um fantastic chord progression and like unusual um experimental but also like if you didn't know about the chords and everything just comes across as like a really uh direct and visceral song um great lyric as well yeah i love because uh, he actually sent us the chords along uh with this so i can actually have a look and dissect this as i go um it's really interesting to see how uh you were saying like you were putting the f sharp diminished at the end of a sequence and that's true in the verses, and it ends these sequences on these moments of tension. 
but they actually shift to the third chord out of four in the back half of the choruses, which sort of sets you up for tension, but also then lets you off on this sort of melancholic relief, as it were. Yeah. Which fits the tone really well, particularly on lines like, that's what I'd admit if you were standing here. Uh, so that's a really nice use of diminished. I'm diminished chord mad. I love them. So that's a really nice use of them. Well done. One out of one. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I think there's certain ways people use diminished where it's predictable. Um, and but, but no, I mean, sometimes you hear a diminished chord and it's like, oh, there it is. Whereas with this, it's like, it had a reason for being there, it, you know, just all that stuff. It, very cool. It's there without leaping out of you and going, ta-da! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might, I'm doing the edit this week, so I might edit your ta-da into a diminished chord. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're going to use that as a transition noise. So, like, so let's move on to the next song. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> that would get old quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that four episodes in. Okay, we're gonna listen to uh, Declan's song now. Ta-da! <laughs> now time for the emails. Ta-da! So that's it for uh, this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week with a uh, roundup of the various songs that we've written throughout the season and sort of seeing what we can draw from viewing them at a distance. Uh, normally it's embarrassment so hopefully if you like that from us that should be peak <laughs> content for you uh, if you've written a song in a week or you've written any song uh, or you've um, just want to get in touch with the podcast why not write to us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com uh, we love reading out letters on the show we love reading them and we love playing people's songs uh, so please do that because we absolutely love it you can find us on Instagram at Weekly Song Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube if you search for the same thing. Roger one's one of them, uh, the Instagram, and that is full of stuff. I run the YouTube, which is why there's nothing on there. Um, Roger, where can they find you and your music when uh, uh, in in the digital in the digital sphere? I'll reuse last week's gag. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm on Instagram. That's a good place to just follow me and see what I'm up to. Um, that's at Roger Heather's on Instagram. Um, Spotify, Apple Music and all the rest of it and uh, today I'm releasing a single on Bandcamp exclusively because today, today is Bandcamp Friday and uh, the single is called Help Me Juliet if you listen to the season I think it's week 3 or 4 Help Me Juliet um, I've produced it up Declan plays bass on it and guitar on it and that's a single Don't let that put you <laughs> off it still sounds really good And that single's out today from uh, rogerheathers.bandcamp.com and drum roll please Declan, where can they find you and your new music? Ooh. Well, uh, you can find uh, videos of me doing covers and having fun uh, at YouTube. Search for Declan Kitchener Music. You can find my Facebook page at Declan Kitchener Music on Facebook. Uh, you can also find my music on Bandcamp, where I have my EP from last summer called The Captive Audience. And, and, and today, today, and, yes, and, new. <laughs> yes, uh, I actually have an album out. Yay! Uh, this is that mystery project that I may have been referring to slyly uh, throughout various podcast episodes, which have probably been annoying a lot of people. Uh, What's it called? What's it called? It is called Apathy Will Get You Nowhere. Uh, it is released today on the day that this releases. That is Friday the 2nd. And it's also Bandcamp Friday as well. So uh, if you're interested, why not just pop along there and see, uh, you know, see what you think. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I will I will say I've, I've been involved with um, sort of uh, giving little bits of like listening notes and that sort of thing. And I've heard the album. Little bits of listening. Like literally, it's just been, I've been running the album past you over and over again. Like, is it good now? Is it good now? Is it good now? <laughs> <laughs> I've turned down the bass a decibel. What about Does now? Does it work yet? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've been, we've been listening to it a lot. And, um, and Declan's been working on it for a long time. It features... I think all weekly songs, is that right to say? Uh, yes, I think one of them isn't a weekly song from On Air, but it was part of the weekly song challenge. So if so, you like Declan's writing on the show and you want to support Declan's music, then definitely check out his Bandcamp. And, uh, on Bandcamp Friday, um, Bandcamp doesn't take any of the revenue, so 100% of the revenue goes to artists. Um, it's a really good album if you like good songwriting, solid rock music. It's for you, and uh, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Thank you very much. I'll slip you the 20 quid after we finish the show. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's taklinkitchener.bandcamp.com. 
And I think that's about it for this week, isn't it? I think it is. Awesome. Uh, we shall see you next week for the Roundup episode. And I think Roger's going to make me talk about apathy, which um, not just my general apathy, but also the album. So uh, absolutely, we'll see you there for that. Definitely. Right. Everyone, thank you for listening. And yeah, cheers. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. If people are interested, I'm on Spotagram at uh, Spotagram. <laughs> <laughs> If people are interested, it's because Instagram and Spotify. Yeah, I'm like- looking at it too. I know what you mean. <laughs>